Hello, Hollyweird listeners. Uh, we just wanted to include a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Um, this is our first time recording remotely because of the COVID-19 quarantine conditions. Um, so our postmortem sounds a little different and it's not quite uh, where we wanted it to be, but we really wanted to give you an episode um, to float you through these trying times. Um, we really appreciate all your support, um, all your listens and all your shares, all the activity on the Facebook page. Um, and hopefully you can bear with us through this episode and through our future episodes we try to work out our remote sound recording situation. Thanks so much and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hollywood is a place where they'll pay you a thousand dollars for a kiss and 50 cents for your soul. Welcome to Holly Weird, a podcast about celebrity deaths and the strange events in Tinseltown and beyond. We are your hosts, Megan Carpenter and Liz Shire. It's time for another series here on Holly Weird. If you're a series regular, you may be familiar with our Flesh and Blood trilogy, where over the course of several episodes, we dove into the strange demises of celebrities and their offspring. If you haven't gotten to those episodes yet, we suggest you check them out. And now for our new series, it's time for Holly Weird Presents Drop Dead Gorgeous. This is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Each episode of this series will tackle the untimely deaths of the Hollywood heartthrobs you pined for and cried over when they were taken too soon. Up first, well, for that information, here are today's headlines. New details this morning on the deaths of Fast and Furious star Paul Walker and his friend Reaction to the death of Hollywood actor Paul Walker continues to pour in. Killed in a fiery car accident over the weekend. And now, this real-life twist that all too closely mirrors the movies he made. We have confirmed QDUA. An actor known for fast cars, Walker died in one of the fastest street legal cars in the world. The crash happened in a business park just a few blocks away, minutes after they left. Fast and Furious co-star Tyrese Gibson among the throngs of mourners who visited the scene, leaving in tears. Man, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, we're still having time to grieve. We haven't even picked up the movie yet, but we will. And once we do, this is his legacy that's on the line. So you better understand that this is going to be the best of all the Fast and Furious films. But what it means to me is just live every day like it could be your last, man. What was the last thing you heard Paul say? Hey, I'll be right back in five minutes. That was the last words I heard. In a joyride that proved fatal, this is the story of the death of Paul Walker.
November 30th, 2013, Santa Clarita, California. Actor Paul Walker's charity, Reach Out Worldwide, was hosting an event for the victims of Typhoon Haiyan. Pop quiz. Is Paul Walker's death mentioned on the Wikipedia page for this super typhoon, which is believed to have killed at least 7,000 people? Without a doubt, yes. Walker and a friend, Roger Rodas, left the event together in Rodas's Porsche Carrera GT. Rodas was driving. On Hercules Street, the car crashed into a concrete lamppost and two trees and burst into flame. The impact of those collisions nearly caused the car to split in half. The speed zone on Hercules Street was 45 miles per hour. The curve where the crash occurred is a popular spot for drifting cars, though police found no evidence of drag racing. No alcohol or drugs were found in either man's system, and neither mechanical nor road conditions appeared to play a role. It was concluded through investigation that the speed of the car, between 80 and 90 miles per hour, as well as the age of the tires, were primarily the reasons for the crash. The coroner's report previously estimated the speed of the car at over 100 miles per hour. Rodas died from multiple traumas, while Walker died from the combined effects of trauma and burns. Both of their bodies were burned beyond recognition. The actor was 40 years old. Paul Walker was cremated and his ashes were buried at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Hollywood Hills. Furious 7 was mid-production when Walker's death occurred. Universal Pictures placed the film on hiatus for an undetermined length of time while deciding how to proceed alongside Walker's family. Ultimately, the film was seen as a tribute to Walker, as the film also said farewell to his character, Brian O'Connor. A little over a year after his death in December 2014, Walker's father, Paul III, filed a wrongful death suit against Rodas's estate. The suit sought a share of the revenue of automobiles that were jointly owned by Walker and Rodas. In September 2015, Walker's daughter, Meadow, filed a wrongful death suit against Porsche, claiming that the Carrera GT had numerous design flaws and defects, including a history of instability, and that the seatbelt placement would actually cause harm upon impact. Porsche denied wrongdoing and placed the blame on Walker, stating that he chose to conduct himself in a manner that would place him in danger. The U.S. federal court ruled in favor of Porsche in a similar lawsuit filed by Rodas's widow, but Meadow and Walker's father reached an agreement with Porsche. Paul Walker IV was born on September 12, 1973, in Glendale, California. He was the son of Paul III and Cheryl Walker. The oldest of five siblings, Paul was primarily raised in the Sunland community of Los Angeles in a Mormon household. Walker began his career on screen when he was still a toddler, starring in a Pampers television commercial. He also started modeling around this same time. 
In the mid-80s, small television roles followed and then eventually crossed over into movies. Many consider a breakout role to be on the television soap opera The Young and the Restless in the early 90s. The late 90s led to supporting roles in popular films such as Varsity Blues, Pleasantville, and She's All That. Everything changed for Paul in 2001. His mainstream breakout came by way of action film The Fast and the Furious. Let's go for a little ride. The film established his position as a leading man, and Walker reprised the role of Brian O'Connor in the 2003 sequel. Aside from the Furious franchise, Walker scored lead roles in a variety of films from thrillers like Joyride and Running Scared to family picture Eight Below. The Fast and Furious films continued, and at the time of his death in 2013, Walker had been filming Furious 7. There wasn't quite enough footage shot to complete Walker's role, leaving filmmakers to complete the movie using his brothers Cody and Caleb as stand-ins, as well as CGI. In addition to his siblings and parents, Walker left behind teen daughter Meadow, who was raised in Hawaii with her mother, Walker's ex-girlfriend Rebecca Soteros, but had been living in Santa Barbara with her father since 2011. Walker was also survived by longtime girlfriend Jasmine Pilshard Gosnell. Walker was also well-known for his interests outside of acting. Marine biology was a passion for Paul, and the actor collaborated with National Geographic in 2010 for a series on great white sharks. And in Life Imitating Art, Paul was very into cars. He was a sponsored driver and was preparing for an auto show at the time of his death. 21 of his 30 or so cars that he owned will be sold for auction in 2020. It's time for Hollyweird Post-Mortem. Liz, hello. Hello, Megan. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Doing great. Happy quarantine. Happy quarantine. <laughs> uh, I guess today it's uh, Paul Walker Day. Uh, it is. Oh, the long-anticipated Paul Walker Day. <laughs> I like when people figure out our hints at the end of the episode and then like whether they comment or whatever or they know us and they message us like, oh, I can't wait for the Paul Walker episode. I love when they figure that shit out. <laughs> I know. We, we always appreciate your detective work. We love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Paul Walker, Liz, what's your favorite Paul Walker movie? Ooh, Meg, I don't know if I have one. <laughs> <laughs> There really are, um, bless his heart, he was quite a good-looking young man, but uh, I really am not a, a giant fan of his filmography. Okay, so when we were talking about this prior to beginning our recording, and we were dividing the research and all that junk, um, I had said that it's difficult for me to watch Paul Walker movies now. And like... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not a Paul Walker stan. I mean, I don't have... I guess I'm neither here nor there on Paul Walker, but, like, if a Paul Walker movie's on TV, I'm just kind of like, 
oh, that's sad, and change the channel. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, he was not like, this man was never going to win an Oscar. But, like, I feel like he was good for, like, the entertainment value was good as far as he was concerned. Yes. That is um, probably as far as I would go. I think he made entertaining entertaining movies. He was a good-looking guy. He could memorize lines and say them back. I think it was all just, it's very entertaining, but unfortunately it's not the kind of entertaining that I'm usually interested in. So there was that movie called Hours, and we were joking because I kept calling it The Hours, which is the Nicole Kidman nose movie, not a Paul Walker film, uh-huh. but Hours. And he's, like, in a hospital in New Orleans when Katrina hits. And I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, like, his baby is in the NICU or something, or a child on a ventilator, and he's, like, alone in the hospital needing to save his kid's life because the power goes out. Oh. And they – so it came out after he passed. And I remember trying to watch this. I didn't go, like, to the theater. But by the time it made its way to TV or Netflix or something like that, like, trying to watch this and just having to turn it off. Like, I was like, no, like, I can't watch a Paul Walker movie anymore. So – Right, but also, I, don't... I mean, that sounds like an incredibly uh, bummer premise, especially for someone who's a parent. I can't imagine that's a fun movie to watch for you. That's true. Okay, so maybe you have a point. Like, maybe if it was, I mean, I remember watching the seventh Fast and Furious movie on a flight. <laughs> that's the only and, like... place that you watch Fast and Furious <laughs> movies is on an airplane. Yes. Yes. But, like, I did... Yeah, because, like, it's not like I was sobbing in the middle seat (laughs) to this Fast and Furious 7 movie when it's, like, that Wiz Khalifa song and he's, like, dancing on the beach with Jordana Brewster and it's his send-off. Like, no. Yeah, that did not have the same impact on me as that Hours movie. You're right. Listen, um, while we're talking about that song, um, there's a really (laughs) important segue that we have to talk about. (laughs) Meg, how pissed would you be if the song that was written to attribute to your death was as shitty as See You Again? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have just passed. I don't need a song in death. I'm good. Just like, ooh, there's just something about it that's like so... When I see you again When I see you again And then it, it's, here's what's pissed me off about that song. I will not spend 15 minutes talking about this, I promise. There's a, it's not a great song, but it got so much hype because it was dedicated to Paul Walker. Yes. So, like, that's why people know about it. And they're like, oh, the Paul Walker song. I'm like, yeah, but it's still, like, garbage, though. Yeah, like, if it had dropped unattached to the death of Paul Walker, it never would have charted. It, uh, yeah, 100%. All right, so I can't get over the fact that you don't like a single Paul Walker movie. Let me name movies, and you just tell me. One of these has to resonate with you in some way, shape, or form. Fast and Furious 1 through 7, Joyride, Pleasantville, Varsity Blues, She's All That, The Skulls, Running Scared, um, Eight Below, the movie with the dogs. Oh, my God, Megan. (sighs) 
I'm not even going to deem that with a response. So, um, <laughs> she's on that. Yes, I do like Rachel Lee Cook, right? That's her. Okay. Yes. And Running Scared actually, remember? That was uh, a good movie. Yeah. I didn't, so, I didn't see it, but I had a friend who told me the entire plot, and she really liked it. <laughs> do you have friends like that? They're like, okay, let me tell you the whole thing. And you're like, great. I'm never going to see it. Um, That's my dad. My father does that to me all the yeah. time. So, I think that sounds good. I don't even know what the skulls is. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I... That's that movie with Josh Jackson. Who is Josh Jackson? Dawson's Creek. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, no, I haven't seen it. Okay. The thing is, I, I don't even... It's like my brain... Into the Blue. Jessica Alba. I mean, maybe. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I mean, you're right. These aren't like life-changing films, but I will. I I, ju- I said like a few minutes ago, I'm not a Paul Walker stand, but I will stand that Paul Walker made entertainment. I I mean, yes, I will definitely agree with you on that. Okay. Um, did you watch the documentary called "I Am Paul Walker"? Yes, I did. Oh shit, you did. Well, I watched the highlights, <laughs> Megan. Okay, okay. So I thought. When I found out about this, I thought it was like Paul Walker was worthy of a full-fledged documentary, and then I realized that Paramount Network does a series called I Am Blank, and it's like dead people, and he was one of them. They're basically like doing our podcast, but a TV show. Um, what the fuck? We should send a season (laughs) assist. (laughs) Okay, so... The main takeaway I had was a quote from this documentary by Tyrese Gibson, who is part of the Fast and Furious bromance. Um, And the quote was, he was a guy that every woman wanted to be with and every man wanted to be. Do you think that was the Paul Walker appeal? That he's like the every man, like very approachable, still very handsome, but I think his handsomeness is not um, super intimidating. Therefore, I think that's why he was so popular. Yeah. So, like, I mean, we don't need to talk about how good-looking he was. Like, I think that goes without saying. But I think, yeah, I guess I did get a vibe that even though he was famous, he was normal. Very normal, yes. And that was in the documentary. Everybody had to say, they were like, he just wanted to, like, you know, be like a park ranger and, like, make 28 grand a year. And just, like, you know, it was all about his daughter, man. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, yes. (laughs) yes i yeah i can imagine there really wasn't anything i think that's kind of what uh might be a little i don't know that makes sense because his movies that's kind of always the character that he played like he didn't play a serial killer or like you know i don't know a cult leader he was kind of always like that main character that you can kind of project all of your anything onto anything you were thinking yeah. Do you think that we felt a certain type of connection to Paul Walker because we knew about his interests outside the world of acting? Like we knew he was into surfing and marine biology and animals. Do you think that made him more normal? Yeah, definitely probably made him more relatable for sure. Because there okay. aren't too many celebrities known for their uh, outside interests. That's true. Okay. Um, I had to note that when I was doing research, there are a lot more posthumous retrospects available 
like from a regular Google search on Paul Walker than any other Hollywood subject thus hmm. far. Why do you think that is? Because I don't think he's the most interesting person that we've covered on this podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, I really hate to say this, but I think it might be because the most exciting thing about Paul Walker is how he died. <laughs> but his death was so, uh, unexpected Ironic. and, like, unusual, and, yeah. yeah, I think that might be, and it was such a contrast to, like, if uh, Nick Nolte died in a fiery crash, I don't think, not, wait, is that who I'm thinking of? No, no. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Um. Oh, Gary. Oh my Busey. God! Thank you, Gary. B- okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, friends. So, if Gary Busey died in a fiery Porsche, uh, what should we call it? Crash. I think people would be less surprised. That goes a little more along with you know his whole mo, especially since part of why his the reason why his face is messed up is because he got in a motorcycle accident. That makes more sense. But Paul Walker was so vanilla, not in a bad way, but he just was. So the fact that he died in this extremely, you know, unexpected violent death, I think is really what makes an explanation for those Google searches. Let's take a minute and talk about the, the fast and furious oh, bro yeah. man. Okay. Vin Diesel, godfather of Paul Walker's daughter had a daughter of his own in 2015 and named her Pauline. Uh, I see. Mm-hmm. Paul Walker, Tyrese, whom we mentioned, Vin Diesel, loved The Rock, loved each other. Although, wasn't there bad blood between The Rock and Vin Diesel? Or am I thinking of I wouldn't different? be surprised if some of them had beef with each other. Yeah. Okay, so some of these people loved each other and could not stop talking about it. Like, do you think they kept making these movies because they were just yes. fun? I think it was Tyrese Gibson who said that they, like, almost didn't finish the second movie because they were just constantly, like, where did they film? Was it New Orleans? Yeah, I'm not they sure. They some place that was, like, a fun party town, and they were like, we would just go out all the time. Like, we couldn't even finish a take because we were laughing. Like, that they had a genuine friendship, and that was, like, partially why they were so down to make all these movies. Also, they always made money. So it, like... Was probably like a win yeah. for everybody. Like they made bank and they That's were fun true. to make, and you know, it overall kind of sounds like an adult dude summer camp. <laughs> Have you seen the video of Tyrese at the Paul Walker crash site? It is a uh, very dramatic. I guess this is not out of the like it's not unexpected that fans would gather at this crash site. I feel like that's normal. Um, yeah. behavior yeah. for super fans or whatever. But Tyrese came by with a single rose and he, well he I had read that he took um, like debris from the crash site. Okay. Like, yeah. But so he's just like you know, like heavy breathing, choking back tears like crying but not crying like the whole time like he, he I'm not saying he wasn't wrecked by this in any way, but there were no tears. Like, he's just, like, pacing, like, like, trying to stifle his emotions while a hundred people have their phones on him. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be a, a jackass and say that it was all for show. Um, I think maybe, 
Meg, we're, we're Pennsylvania Dutch girls that I think we take a lot of pride in uh, holding in our emotions or at least being able to control them <laughs> in front of other people and maybe, like, wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Some people don't feel that way. Some people really just like to let them out. Um, doesn't matter who watches. That's doesn't true. matter who's filming. Uh, could be he was the- truly so overcome with grief that that was his first response yeah. to weird stuff. But uh, yeah. it's it's overall pretty dramatic. Yeah, and then the best part of the whole thing was when he was ready to go, he just, like, walks into the crowd, and it parts <laughs> like the Red Sea, and they just let Tyrese leave. Well, the man looks like he's that was the best from Marble, so I, I'd part the Red Sea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Paul Walker, charitable guy. Um, I think relating back to the whole um, relatable mm-hmm. conversation or just everyman conversation, um, I feel like he had – it was known that he was a selfless dude. So um, I think that also impacted how people felt about his death. Um, Does his death appeal because it was gruesome? Ooh, I mean, I think so. I Generally, I remember hearing about it, and I was extremely shocked. And then just finding out more details, it, it just got worse and worse, I feel like. Yeah, so, uh, like, I don't even want to say what? So... Well, in my research, both Paul Walker and his um, friend Roger Rodas, who was driving the car, they were found in a pugilistic stance. So um, I'm going to do it sitting in my chair here. You guys can't see me. Just imagine it's like a defensive position, bracing for impact. So imagine like hands on the dash, kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. bracing. So, but the crash happened so quickly like would he have had time to do that so some people surmise that that wasn't voluntary but because temperatures of the fire in the car got so hot it caused shrinkage of muscles which would pull the body into that Mm -hmm. position so like like you just think oh they were they saw the tree and they braced for impact but like no like it's much more awful Mm -hmm. than that I mean those are like you can read and I did um like the autopsy report and stuff online and it's just like oh like his body was burned so badly that none of his organs could have been donated this part didn't like add up to me though the autopsy noted scant soot which means that he only took a few breaths before passing so like there wasn't much soot in his lungs and windpipe mm-hmm. and all that stuff because he stopped breathing quickly that would suggest that he succumbed to his other injuries before the fire mm-hmm. does that make sense but those injuries as listed include jaw fracture collarbone fracture broken ribs pelvic fractures broken arm broken mm-hmm. wrist that's a lot of broken things but would any of that kill you almost instantly so, okay, this is not scientific information. However, remember one time someone who was a Dexter fan was telling me about an episode of Dexter where someone burns alive and apparently, like, the, the fact is that you will die of the inhalation of your own skin burning before any kind of other injury. Like, that's what kills you when you burn alive. Oh, so maybe it was that. I like how we're playing coroner right I now. Know, we, we are so smart. Um, <laughs> no, but that but that well, is something 
don't know, it, it brings up something important. Because this is, like, what always happens in fire investigations when they find out that someone breathed in the smoke and they find their lungs, that they had to have been alive at least for partial part of the time when the fire happened. I mean, it's possible. It sounds like he probably did just burn to death. Because fi- fire happens so fast. I guess. Like, yeah. fire is almost I just, instantaneous. Like, I don't want it to be that because it sounds so it horrific. But I mean, if it could, it it was suggested that it was quick that he was not alive in the car for a long time, based on what I read. Were there so? Regardless, is there there's a jaw fracture? Were there any other head injuries? No. So we know that Roger Rodas quickly died from head, chest, and neck trauma. Basically. Um, like, it was one of those, like, internal decapitation type of broken oh neck God. deals. So, um, it was basically instant for him. Um, but it didn't say anything other than the jaw fracture in terms of head region on what I read for Paul Walker. But, um, I, like, I think of, like, we talked about when we did our Alia episode that her autopsy revealed that she went into shock and basically had, like, a heart attack from, like, the fear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if it was, like, the, and that was a contributor to her death, of course, the injuries in the plane crash, but whatever. And then, like, I was, like, maybe if he was alive at any point in this, like, he went into shock in, like, a same type of scenario. Although I feel we would have read about it on the autopsy report if that had yeah. been the case. Several dozen broken bones i don't want to like underplay that but i, I don't know maybe it was just a combination of everything yeah, for I real think it's probably a combination of how instantaneous the impact plus the fire probably just shut everything down as far as his body function yeah so let's talk about the car car experts said that that Porsche, a Porsche Carrera GT, as a powerful car that's very hard to handle, even for experienced drivers. And they mm-hmm. both were experienced drivers. Mm-hmm. My husband, friend of the <laughs> podcast, um, sent me an email. Let me find this. It was pretty good. Um, from robreport.com, which is um, a car website. So... The um, article is titled, Here's What Happens When You Crash a $1 Million Supercar. Hmm. So it was about this, por- the article was about the Porsche Carrera GT. Um, the There were t- 1,270 Carrera GTs ever built. Hmm. In the first two years that the model was sold, 200 of those were totaled. Hmm. So, and it it was a 2005 model. So, from 2005 to 2007, 200 of those 1,270 cars were totaled. That doesn't even account for after those first two years, which Walker's crash would have been after those first oh. two years. So, a crazy car. In addition, the car that these two guys were in had its original tires from 2005 oh. on it. So... Those are old-ass um, tires. Yeah, tires don't typically last eight years. No. <laughs> even if, even so, if you're not consistently driving the car, it's still old material. Like, a, there's a, a dry yeah. rot element. Yes. So, 
when you think about that and the fact that that car was mm-hmm. dangerous, I mean, that's a recipe for disaster. And they, um, to quote this article here, it says, combined with an estimated impact speed between 80 and 93 miles per hour, the two didn't stand a chance. Mm. So, yeah, I guess kind of makes you think if they'd been in a different car, would things have been different? Right. And, you know, so the cars that we all drive, Maggot, what do you drive again? I'm a super. Aha, uh-huh. I drive a Volvo S60. Um, so their cars, the way that regular cars, I guess commercial cars are designed, are to optimize safety. The way that, like, the the front and then the trunk will crunch the way that, like, they're designed so that if they do experience some kind of impact, it is the, the safest result possible. This car wasn't designed for that. It's a sports car. So that totally makes sense. And I guess that's the risk that you run when you drive cars like that. But I don't think anybody would really, really be thinking about that, you know, possibility. There's this Mm -hmm. kind of creepy, but also not a 3D crash reenactment on YouTube. I'm watching it right now. it's, It's just pretty cut and dry. Like they're driving fast, they're driving down the road, and then it kind of veers off and hits the tree and that's it. I'm watching this very uh-huh. intently. Yeah, just they were driving and then they weren't. There was no, there were no flips. There was yeah. no spinning. They just drove off the road yep. into a tree. I guess you know it's a car that's not built for safety and it's and it's hard to handle. So those two things combined mm-hmm. ended up in it crashing. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really big shame because it's like. Such a total and complete accident. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Just feels unnecessary. Yeah, it really does. And I know, like, I, there's the argument out there, oh, he died doing what he loved, but, like, how unnecessary. Yeah. And trust, I mean, something tells me if Paul Walker had the chance, he would not, you know, yeah. go back in time. He definitely would have chosen not to do that. Right. But he wasn't, you know, it doesn't even really sound like there's much fault there at all like yes they're going fast but that's what the car is meant for yeah and like it's not like there was a novice driver behind the wheel right oh damn bummer did a paul walker search on etsy (laughs) (laughs) i don't even want to know why (laughs) you know just to see um what the stands were up to Oh, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. What'd you find, Megan? Nearly everything was Fast and Furious related. Now, does the average Fast and... The Venn diagram of Fast and Furious fan and Etsy seller... I mean, I would imagine that that little (laughs) common part is really small. Yeah, I would say that that's accurate. Uh Uh-huh. But somehow there's a lot of stuff on Etsy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some stuff, a lot of the stuff was actually car related. So vinyl car decals, license plate frames that had Fast and Furious quotes on them. Um, But then also like Fast and Furious Christmas ornaments. So Hmm. I didn't purchase anything. (laughs) That really surprises me, Meg. Do you think it's kind of, like, cursed to be buying, like, Paul Walker Fast and Furious-related merch for your car? Oh, shit. That's dark, kind of. 
I mean, I would just be like, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. Okay. So Paul Walker had a squeaky clean good boy image. Agree? Oh, definitely. So what was up with his dating life? As far as we know, he um, did not date anyone from Hollywood. Okay. Um, he had a relationship with the mother of his daughter, Meadow, um, back in the 90s. She was not a famous person. And he had, um, when he passed, he was in a long-term relationship with a woman named Jasmine pilshard Gasnell. Um, they had been dating for seven years. I'd call that a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time of his passing, when he was 40 years old, she was 23. Hmm. So admittedly, a large age gap, nothing really wrong. They were both consenting adults. But when you realize they had been together for years, they started dating when she was 16 and he was 33. Oh. Yeah. And then prior to that relationship, like maybe you're like soulmates, star-crossed lovers. But prior to that relationship, he dated a woman, girl, (laughs) woman, named Aubriana Atwell when he was 28 and she was 16. Hmm. Like it just kind of like, I don't, no one has ever talked about this. Yeah, that's definitely new information, for sure. Like, so the only websites, like, when I tried to find information, the only websites that, like, called him out or even, like, brought it up were blogs and, like, off-brand news sites. Hmm. So I just, I guess, why was he able to escape mainstream criticism? Was it that megawatt smile? Was it his humanitarian work? Like, (laughs) did he give us other things to talk about that no one was like, um... Is your girlfriend 16? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, also because he didn't date famous women. Yes. Oh, that's a really good point. So they were kind of anonymous people. And he was, like we said with our, uh, not Nick Nolte, but uh, Gary Busey analogy, (laughs) he was a pretty tame celebrity as far as they go. So there really probably wasn't any kind of, like, you know, juicy stuff there to even look into. Yeah. But I mean, like news outlets and i don't mean these off brand news sites i mean like news outlets were brazen enough to be like his 23 year old girlfriend of seven years is distraught over the 40 year old actor's death without like batting an eye like mm-hmm. okay well, guess, so when you but when you look at it on the surface 23 and 40 you're like okay fine both consenting adults but then if you know how long they've been together that's the part that's like oh yes and i mean to play devil's advocate 16 years old is the age of consent in a lot of states and while they started dating we don't know when they started having sex so please don't come for us everyone (laughs) right we're not trying to like throw stones but it is just something interesting that you know comes up more than once you know this is also like pre me too where i think people's uh, uh tolerance for any kind of anything in the sexually negative realm was much higher so the the most famous megan who's the most famous guy who dates younger women leo leo baby <laughs> meg we're too old <laughs> we've aged out of the program 
<laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio famously has never dated a woman past the age of 25 that we know about. That we know of. That we know of, right. But he exclusively dates younger women. So that he's... Leo still kind of has, like, a fairly, like, you know, good guy image within Hollywood. You really don't get too many reports besides the one of the, um... Megan, you remember this, the having sex with the headphones on in the vape pen. There's also yeah. sunglasses involved, right? Yeah, uh-huh. The yeah. sound, the noise-canceling headphones, right. Leo. Right. So besides that, he has a pretty rep- good reputation in Hollywood, and I think Paul Walker's was even more spotless. I can also see... You know, I'm not the young women, so I'm not going to assume. But if I were to put myself in their place or somebody in their lives, Paul Walker seemed like a really nice guy who, yeah, you know, maybe did just have the best intentions and age was just a number. Do you think he would have caught flack if he had, if this all went down in 2019 instead of 2013 in a post-Me Too era? Or like... Or was his wholesomeness still able to evade criticism? I mean, that's a really good question. I feel like a lot of skeletons have come out post Me Too. Things that we now culturally, like, don't tolerate way back, like, 15, even 10 years ago were okay. Like, um, what's the actor from it's uh, That 70s Show that he has several sexual assault allegations that have continually been like signing NDAs oh. trying to quash them. Yeah, Masterson. Yes. But now in a post Me Too era, people are really concerned about that and now that is something that people want to distance themselves from. And that's like digging into somebody's past. So again, not making accusations about Paul Walker. We don't even know this information. So there's a chance that his, like, wholesomeness and, like, it did really seem like a genuine guy. Also, now I'm kind of talking myself out of it because I feel like in an internet era, like, all this stuff comes out. Like, the stuff about Louis C.K., people knew that for years. Like, that had been rumored for years. Like, people could confirm it. It was really... Now I kind of feel like there are no opportunities for skeletons in the closet because they kind of always come out. Yeah, like at some point in some interview, someone would have said, why did you start dating your girlfriend when she was 16? Right. So maybe maybe he would have survived it. Just because I, I feel like at this day and age, it's so hard to keep anything hidden and anything yeah. private, just no matter how many NDAs you, flo- you know, float around, that, you know, maybe he really would have. Yeah, I mean, he's been dead less than 10 years. Mm-hmm. But a lot has changed as far as what's tolerated in just that time. Right. And I feel like if there was any of that, that it, re- that it would have come out in me too. Like, yeah, that was truly, it was like wildfire. And by the way, we are feminists and stand with people who have experienced sexual assault. And this is not an anti me too at all. But like there lots and lots and lots of things came up about pe- all kinds of people. Yeah. So I feel like it would have been uncovered. You know, if there was shit going down in that Fast and Furious Boys Club, <laughs> that it would have come out. Hashtag me too. Yeah, I yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> For um, real. If you want a good read about all this stuff, Reddit is on fire. And it's like, one person will be like, ew, what is wrong with Paul Walker? And the next person will be like, he's dead, leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the Paul Walker stands, when they stand, they really do it hard. I mean, 
Etsy style, baby. <laughs> oh, okay. So speaking of Reddit, there was like a fanfic like picture of him. If he had like starred in Catching Fire, like, you know, you read these, you read the Hunger Games books, right? Oh, uh, yes. My cat's name is Katniss. Yes. <laughs> so like, you know, the, um, like the cover image of catching fire it's like her little pin but it's all on fire so it's like that image and then like paul walker standing in the middle of it and it's like what is wrong with you like he burned to death (laughs) megan some people just don't have the wherewithal (laughs) like he literally caught fire like what there's no accounting for taste okay 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 um, neither here nor there. Like, it was a small tree. Yeah, I guess it just does to show how the car was not built for safety. Yeah. Also, small trees can do damage. My dad, um, had a super minor accident. It was snowing and icy, and he, like, started a hydroplane or, like, lose control of the car on the ice, and it was drifting, just drifting, like, 10 miles an hour. And he, like, went over the curb and onto some tree roots, and it totally fucked up the bottom of his car. That's true. I so, guess we don't know. We don't know how deep those roots go. Yeah. But, I mean, I, th- I think it goes to show more about, damn, that tree is all the way through the front of the car. Yeah, like, so there's nothing left of the car. Like, it is, like, a, uh, it almost looks like a six-foot-wide heap of metal the only thing i can make out is the hood and a wheel oh basically i I was looking at from the opposite direction i okay now i'm seeing yeah it's truly just or is that yeah no that's the is that the front or the back of the car though no that's the hood not the trunk yeah yeah so yeah but the tree is like in the middle of the car although is it the like are we seeing the root ball behind the tree like did it lift the tree or is that just more car what's a root ball like (laughs) have you ever like transplanted something and you pull out the plant and it's like a clump of roots oh okay or have you ever seen a tree fall and then like it pulls like the ground with it now i understand what you're talking about um it looks it looks like more of the car yeah yeah so the the tree is literally in the middle of the car And also, it it probably had something to do with the speed, too, because they were going really fast. But I think it goes to show that the the car just, like, disintegrated. Yeah. Like, that was not a safe car. No. It it looks like someone put it in the microwave. Mm Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, man. That's just tragic. It really is. I mean, I don't know. I feel like only the good die young, you know? (laughs) You know? (laughs) But really, it's we are not trying to make, obviously, those of our fans know the mission of this podcast. We're not trying to make fun of death of people that died, try to bring some levity to it. But this, I think harkening back to why you don't want to watch Paul Walker movies. I think the whole thing is just generally so sad. Really, really yeah. sad. Yeah. Truly a waste. Because he was, like, such a... He was still young, good-looking guy, thought about other people, you know, and had a family. Really, really sad. Mm-hmm. 
Damn. I'm depressed again. <laughs> Sorry, Meg. Oh. Do you want to think about see you again? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go barf now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Time to shout out some sources who aided in the research of this episode. An article on studybreaks.com by Caleb Edwards outlined Paul Walker's dating history. And the majority of the research for this episode came by way of Encyclopedia Wikipedia. Want to let us know what you think about Paul Walker, this podcast, or let us know which celebrity death you can't get over? Email your feedback to hollywoodpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at hollywoodpodcast to get clues about future episodes and photos that go along with the stories. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hollyweird. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And please join us next time when we discuss 10 things we hate about the death of this Australian actor. Because I'm mad at myself for popping my peas. Okay, goodbye.